Uh, what's up, Mike? What's up, Walker? Should we do this? Let's do it. Welcome to Walls Down Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome. Shit. It We've has been on been a hiatus. A long hiatus. I don't think my. I don't think you and I have recorded together in like a couple months. No. <laughs> don't haven't. don't put your gum on your wallet. Mike took his gum okay. out. You can just go throw. I'll be it right away. back. Uh, yeah. Hi everybody. Um, Walker and Mike here on Walls Down. We are guestless today. We are. This is gonna be a very special episode because we're back, um, for the first time in a long time. Because we've both been very busy and a lot of things have happened, which we will talk about on this show. And uh, this is actually going to be our last episode of Walls oh. Down. It's the end of an era. It's, it's been a journey. It has. It's been a sure. beautiful journey. I agree. Um, so we didn't really talk about how we want to do it, but I said let's just dive into um, what's been going on that we've been so busy we haven't been able to uh, been able to meet. Yeah, you and I have caught up, but we haven't yeah. caught up with everybody else. Um, yeah, Mike and I see each other every, every week. week. Yeah. Budding bromance. That's right. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we haven't done the show. Um, I've been out of town. I, you know, it just seemed like every weekend it was like work. things were going on. Yeah. You had work. And we just kept pushing it back, pushing it back. Uh, I guess I'll say, so not to keep it in suspense for anyone who doesn't know, a part of the reason that we're ending the show is that I'm moving out of the great city of New York and... I'm moving back to Oklahoma City. Um, I want to do some work there. Uh, it's similar to the work that I'm doing now, but I want to do it there. Um, I also want to do some other sort of social, outside the therapy room work that, uh, but in the same population. I want to work with sober people kind of do mike knows all this but working with um, support doing uh some broader I- issue stuff some housing stuff some job stuff some um social stuff um so yeah so i'm moving in about um well i guess a couple months but yeah we decided that since we're both so busy now and and uh we've solved the problem with masculinity <laughs> In the country, in the United States, that uh, we we've just winded down. I don't even know, I don't even know how long this episode will be because I know let's not, just go, let's just do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, God, I can't even think. It's funny now. I'm thinking because you know when we first started this, and even for a while, it would be like I would be like, holy shit, oh my god, that thing just happened, and this, and the masculine, and now, I don't know if. I've changed in the way I see things or if now, like by that, I mean like it's not cause that, cause the, we had obviously been thinking about this stuff, this masculinity stuff before 
that's why we like what we clicked on. Mm-hmm. But I think thinking about it so much because of the show, it almost is just like ingrained in me now mm-hmm. that it's not like I'm not like whoa, whoa, that thing. I'm, it's just sort of like I. It's like the front of my mind. Mm-hmm. So I, I just like, it, as things happen, I don't even think now I'm like, oh my God, I had this experience this last week that was totally a masculinity thing. I mean, there's stuff obviously that's come comes up um, in the news and that kind of stuff where I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's, I, I see that kind of in the lens of masculinity or toxic masculinity or whatever. But as far as my like day to day, I think I just... I don't know. Do you, do you, does it make sense what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I had an experience where <clears throat> I did this shoot with Lauren, and it was uh, me and eight women. Mm-hmm. And we were not nude, but I was in my boxer briefs, and they were mm-hmm. in underwear, mm-hmm. topless. And I found myself... Like, my natural instinct was to, like, look at them and be like, oh, my God, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, on the other hand, I asked her business partner, like, is it okay if I look at them? Like, I want to be respectful. Yeah. Like, and and I shared that because we went around in a circle and, like, shared our experience and why we were, why we were here. Mm. And I was like, I'm extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, my natural instinct is to look at you and objectify you. Mm. But what I've learned is how do I be respectful of you and your body and not sexualize this experience Mm. and just, you know, fall back. So that was interesting because I was just like, oh, my God, I'm in a room full of beautiful women. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm laying next to them and, you know, I can get their number or their Instagram and blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, yo, let me just be, just be Uh a person and just play my position. And not try to dominate this space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to like be charming yeah. or like bit like the big personality. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Let me just fall back. And if I'm uncomfortable with uh with uh, um what you want me to do, it's okay to say that. You yeah. Know, as a as a man. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I don't feel comfortable, you know, posing in that position with this woman. Uh-huh. Or I'm actually gonna turn away. Not because, you know, I don't like your body or whatever, but, like, I feel uncomfortable right now because I just met you. Yeah. And I don't, you know, it just doesn't feel right for me. And just expressing that and being comfortable enough to express that. Yeah, for sure. that was a learning experience. Man, yeah, I mean, (laughs) thrown into the middle of that, which, which, you know, it's like this as an experience where I feel like, you know, I don't want to say so many guys myself in the past would be like, oh, dude, that's so fucking cool. Like, yeah. topless chicks. And yeah. And 100% soda. Um, and to not, like, put down that old cell or whatever like that. I don't know. I, I have experiences now. And, again, it's not to say it's right or wrong. It's just, like, what I've found helpful for myself where I'll be talking to guys who – aren't interested in this mm-hmm. or they just whatever for whatever reason they're younger guys or and I'll, they'll say i'll say something about like us oh, woman or something and they're just like oh yeah like you know oh it's about getting ass right like oh it's mm-hmm. about getting you know getting mm-hmm. pussy and, da, da. and i'm not like you know that's not actually why I, I just kind of like sit back and it is an odd feeling it almost a part of me feel because i'm just like no like in my head i'm like no it's not 
it's not really what's going on. Yeah. And it, depending on the nature of our relationship, I might say that. But, you know, if it's like someone, whatever, someone I'm working with or something, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to jump on that. But, um, but then there's also this part of me that's like, uh, am I like man, like, I'm, am I less of a man now? And, less, and that's, like, that old voice, that, mm-hmm. like, sort of, like, base-level brain of, like, you know, the uh, whatever, that old kind of fear brain where it's, like, oh, if I don't do these things, am I, like, asexual? Am I, like, non-sexual anymore? Mm-hmm. Not, like, but it's, like, that's not really, I mean, it's certainly not the case because, like you said, it is my natural instinct walking down the street or just, like, my girlfriend would like to objectify is like my first instinct. Yeah, like, especially here because we go through winter. <laughs> it's horny in the streets, man. No, it gets so wild. horny in this. My girlfriend coined this phrase, but I love it. It's like that first day where it's nice at all. Yo, outside is the horniest day of, New of, the, of the year, year in New York because you go outside and everybody's like, like tank skin, tops skin and arms. yeah, because everyone's been all wrapped up all winter. But wow, I've never seen a leg before. <laughs> I haven't seen a leg in and seven I do, months. And like I do the same. I'm out there in like cut off shirt. <laughs> Sun's and like, out, guns yeah. out. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean there is that that natural piece to it but then and and i also don't think i'm not like you piece of shit why would you think don't Mm -hmm. do i'm like yeah that's there and like i don't have to act on it like i don't have to i don't have to like fucking whistle at anybody Mm -hmm. i mean i think my girlfriend would be pretty upset if i did that but also just like as a person um yeah like i think a big part of this is not to to shame myself or vilify that instinct or vilify anyone who might have that instinct, it's to question it, right? To have the second thought. The first thought is like, damn, look at that. And the second and the second thought is like, how do I want to act? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I have that that sort of base, you know, a- animal brain response. Do I just want to go with that? I could just go with that. Or do I want to sort of challenge it and be like sort of a more frontal cortex, mm-hmm. higher thinking kind of a way of operating and being like, you know, because, and that I think is the kind of the deal with all of this. There's a, I don't think I can like deprogram myself from everything I've learned from the last 34 years of being a guy and being a guy no. who grew up in the age and the places and, and, you know, like everyone, you know, we're all just sort of products of where we came from and, and that sort of thing. I can't, I don't think I can undo all of that and not necessarily that I want to undo all of that, um, in the, in the grand scheme, but can I like evolve? Yeah. And explore Yeah, that, those, those things that come up and why they're coming up and, yeah, like you said, evolved from it. Yeah. It's it's sort of what I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this um, in a uh, kind of a broad sense in a lot of ways with a lot of stuff, not just masculinity stuff, but just like a lot of social issues and stuff like in this, and I know... I know this, again, this is not necessarily, it hasn't been, this is more of just the podcast is just like sharing your own experience. Mm-hmm. It was the last fucking show, so yeah, I don't really care. Do what we want. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And I think a lot of, you know, there is this thing of like, I'm on this side and you're on this side. And like, if you don't fully follow this side, then and, and that goes both ways, right? Yeah. Like polarization is nothing new to discuss. I think everybody's talking about that. But the more I'm thinking about it, it's like, if there wasn't room for people to learn and grow and change, like I'd be fucking written off, you know, like I've in my past and I, I, you know, I've done things and said things and operated in ways that like would now, if I did it, people would be like, you're a fucking, like you're a homophobe or you're a, you know, you're sexist, you're racist or all these things. And it makes me think about like, and I think in the past I was like ashamed of that. And now I'm like, I was just doing my best at the time. And now I want to keep doing my best, right? Like I think you can get caught in that shame or embarrassment about how you act or have acted or whatever and you get defensive. And that's where you see some people on one side who are like, fuck this PC bullshit, da, da, da. Or you can get like you go pat, you're like you want to deny it that you're ever you were ever a human being. You're like, no, I'm perfect all the time, and da, da, da. and you're like on these two sides of it. And there doesn't just doesn't seem like a lot of progress mm-hmm. in that, you know? And mm-hmm. so like in this specifically in this sort of masculinity thing, like man, I was for a long time just sort of to fit into whatever social norms or whatever, fit into uh, like I love the idea that everyone was posturing for each other. I don't think I'm not like, and no one in my life was like this evil, dark. No friends, no parent, no teacher, no fo- nobody was like. Mm-hmm. It was just everybody was just doing the, the best thing. they can. Yeah, yeah. and um, but I was doing what I. Oh, oh shit! Mike pulled out the jewel. I haven't since we haven't been recording. I haven't been. I. I yeah, we're gonna jewel. I don't smoke. <laughs> I quit smoking a long time ago, and I don't vape. But whenever I would hang out with Mike, I would jewel. And then we didn't record for a long time. And then I saw someone of another friend of mine the other day offer me. And I, you're about to see, I'm probably going to pass out. This like, this is a bad, we're not role models. We're just sharing. Definitely not role models. The jewel is a dangerous <laughs> thing. And it's marketed for children. Um I guess my point is that, like, I've really been, I, I think a lot about this thing of, like, how do we move forward, right? Like, not how do I make myself look like the wokest person in the room or the most, uh, fuck that, I'm, I'm not rejecting who I was, like, I've never, I would never say something like that. Because that's not very useful to talking to people that disagree with me, right? Mm-hmm. It's not useful to say, you're bad and I'm good. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking a lot as we've done this podcast, but also just like recently, how do you approach those, those distances between us? Not, not me and you, but like me and someone who might not necessarily agree with me or someone who might not necessarily see the things I see as detrimental to myself. They might be like, well, fuck that. No, that's fine. Why are you saying men are bad? Which I'm definitely not. Um, humility. We have to have humility. Yeah. And an open heart, I think. And I think a lot of people that are, you know, on one side of another, you know, there's a lot of like hurt and trauma and fear and, you know, anger and pain. And yeah, if you're going to approach these conversations, you have to approach them with humility and a willingness to listen and not listen with a, with a, 
with a intention of answering the question, but just listening to just listen. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Because what I've learned since, since getting sober, uh, is that sometimes I don't even have to say shit, you know, <laughs> some people just want to be heard and that's yeah. enough. That's it. Yeah. You know, especially in the rooms where a lot of people, you know, have their shit where for the longest time they didn't have a voice, mm-hmm. you know, they had come from trauma. They didn't have an identity. So yeah. <clears throat> for a program that gives them an opportunity to be heard, that's enough, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think for you and I, we have, we, we're fortunate to have these tools, especially, you know, if you're, you're, if you're like me, like I didn't have any tools and mm-hmm. I always wonder like, why does so-and-so have this tool or why do they look like they have it all figured out? Yeah. You know, oh. or the, the cheat code or the game plan to the life. The game plan to life, man. I know. That's always how I felt. Yeah. And the gag of all of this now is like, you and I have the tools to life. So... If I'm hearing you correctly, like, for us, like, we can create a space to just, like, listen, Mm. you know, without that, you know, intention of, like, answering the question. Yeah. Now, is it going to work? No. You know, I I always, I joke around with, like, friends, like, yo, you know, the United States needs to do, like, a, like, a real deep fourth step. (laughs) (laughs) But part of that, part of doing that, you know, you have to look at your side. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's lot, the biggest part. That's the right? biggest part. That's, and a lot of people don't want to look at yeah. that side because it's scary. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's terrifying to look at. Like, wait a minute. Yo, this happened to me. And it's a fact. But it's, you know, ruined. Or not ruined, but like it's, you know, impacted these relationships. And mm-hmm. that's my part. Oh, shit. Whoa. Okay. So now what am I going to do different? Yeah. Yeah, it's... And it, it, once again, it's not a sober podcast, but this is just my That's how, how he that, learned it. You know, yeah. that's... I mean, because that isn't... A, that isn't a, it, it's a thing for all human beings. The truth of the matter is, is it's like you have very limited... If, I, if, if you do something that upsets me, mm-hmm. I have much less power to change what you did. I'd have no power to change what you did, mm-hmm. but I, I still even have, I'm not, uh, I, I have less power to change you than I do to recognize what's going on with me. Yes. I have a lot more agency and power to recognize. And again, this isn't to say, you know, you should take abuse or you should, you know, it's no. not, cause, cause that might be your part of it. Your might, part might be, I stayed in this relationship yep. where I was being, or yeah. I didn't speak up or yep. whatever, but I, I mean, it's funny. I was just talking this morning with Anna, with my girlfriend. Ooh, name checked. Um, but uh, about how, we were, I don't know. We were just talking about something, and I was like, you know, the real hard thing in this is like all of these sort of questions about race and gender and and sexuality and and any any hot button issue. The only really like you can only really have those conversations. They're, they're only useful when you're coming to the table, both of you, in the, with like the like in what they call like a good faith way, where it's like I'm really listening, like you said, and yeah. I'm not listening like I'm in a debate. Like I'm listening for the p- points that I can pick apart. I'm li- like you have to. I have to come 
understanding that I could walk away having my mind changed. Right? And, or you can walk away, you know, getting your feelings hurt. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, that's a real thing. Like, yo, there's some shit where I could say to you and you're like, wait a minute, that's not me. But like, yo, your feelings may be hurt. Yeah. But that's part of like having an open conversation yeah. is like, if we're going to have a truthful, real conversation, then you might hear some shit that you may not like. And yeah. That's okay. That doesn't mean like I dislike you or you dislike me. It's just like, yeah. okay, how can we hear what the other person is saying? Yeah. Because I don't think, you know, when these politicians have these debates or, you know, you see on social media, people are, mm -hmm. you know, actually like being heard. It's like, you know, Twitter twirls or like, yeah. you know, people behind keyboards talking shit because it's safe to talk shit behind a keyboard. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not vulnerable. And you're not held accountable, you know? Yeah. There's accountability that people don't want to be held to, yeah. you know? Because then accountability also means responsibility. Yeah. That means I have to show up and do what I'm asked to do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times when you're showing up and doing what's asked of you, it may be uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and I think that, like, and I think I've talked about this before in here, but that makes me think of, like, when I first went to grad school... I went to grad school at like a super socially progressive super and, and I always saw myself as that kind of person but it was like a whole new world mm -hmm. and as coming into that as like a white straight cis male like I was like no one even was directly saying it to me mm -hmm. but I was like after sitting in class I was like I'm the fucking enemy like mm -hmm. I'm the I am what we're talking about of like and it was like I felt my first feeling was defensive and angry. Yeah. And then I, re luckily, I sat around long enough and just kind of was quiet long enough to to go like, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm mm. hurt. I feel like, <laughs> because it's like, okay, it's like this idea of like privilege, right? Mm -hmm. So like the first response to privilege is like, fuck, you're saying because of how I was born, I, I've made it to where I've made it. Not that like, so I've never worked hard in my life or I've never accomplished anything like, fuck you. Yeah, I have like, da, da, da. I've worked really hard to get X, Y, Z or whatever. And I think that's a lot of people's response. But the truth is like, hey, wait, well, not to cut you off. That's on that right there. That response is a normal response. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Anybody is going to respond like that. Yeah. Especially if you're like, no, you're, that is privilege. You're automatically going to respond like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can just, like, dial it back and be like, oh, okay, they're going to respond that way. So how can I respond with, like, compassion? Exactly. Or, you know? And that's the thing I think is, like, the important thing is not how do I hmm. – because to me, that's, that's where a lot of this stuff stalls out, mm -hmm. right? It's like I say my thing. I don't like that you say your thing to me, I get hurt, defend myself, and then we part ways, yeah. right? And that's where I think a lot of people, because finally a lot of people are like getting a voice to say these things. And so then that's, you know, you yeah. want to encourage that. But then we're just ending it there. And to me, I'm like, that that can't be the end of it, mm -hmm. right? Like that can't be where we stop is like, yeah, fuck you. You're over there and I'm over here. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there has, what, how do we get to the point of, of like coming to some understanding, right? Like, so, 
so so it, well, to finish the one thought, so I sat around long enough to, and, and listened enough and, and looked at myself enough to realize that, one, it, it's both, right? I, I worked really hard in my life and I had a, I had some advantages. Yeah. Right? Like Absolutely. I had like and we've talked about that plenty on this show. But so th- so that was that, but then also it wasn't it was that it was very uncomfortable to think that I benefited from something that at the expense of someone else. Yeah, right? Like I I benefited by a system that holds other people back, yeah. right? Like inherently that system mm-hmm. holds other people back. And I don't, that is not a, a comfortable thing to feel. That doesn't make you feel good. And so a, a, a sort of first level response to that is to reject it, to mm-hmm. say it's not true, mm-hmm. to say that's just whining and that's just, um, you know, this is everyone has the same opportunities because it's hard for me to resign myself to the idea that I, that everyone doesn't have the same opportunity, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it, when I lay my head down at night, I have to hold that in my. If I if I recognize if that it's true, yeah, yeah, I have to say, yeah, and I benefited off other people's pain. And the system is set up <clears throat> for you not to even be aware of it. Exactly, it's set up to not to not be aware or it. look at it. The whole story is that it's you know, and like, it's funny too. Because, well. Yeah, Lauren. Lauren went to and Lauren's my roommate. She went to go see Tanahasi Coates speak. That mm-hmm. I think it was probably like NYU or whatnot. I don't. I don't remember exactly. But he shared about. He's like, listen, if I was a white person, yo, I would feel incredible guilt and shame hmm. to have to look at look myself in the mirror and realize like, oh shit, the amount of fucked up shit I did. Hmm. You know, even if I didn't pr- like you. You weren't actively like bringing slaves over, yeah. But you still, as a white man, a mm-hmm. white person, benefit from the systems that are set up, yeah. So he was like, think about the amount of shame and guilt they, as a culture and you know society and race, have to look at. And then it made me think about like, oh shit, the amount of guilt and shame I had to look at on my fourth step, and I was like, shit. And that's where I get the idea, like, mm-hmm. yo collectively as america we need to to do a fourth step you know yeah no but i get you know i don't get but i i i get that guilt and shame part of not wanting to look at that yeah. shit because then yo reparations you know you got to be held accountable you know yeah um you know all this shit is built up on lies and you know bodies dead bodies you know all of that mm-hmm. um and like, you know, a lot of people don't want to look at that shit. Because you know? because then then I feel guilt and shame. Yeah. And then if I can even move past that, then I the next feeling is powerlessness. Powerlessness. Right? Like I remember so like I remember one at one point, and this is I think this is like after we started the podcast mm-hmm. even, and I was walking down the street and I was just sort of thinking, I was like, I shouldn't even be like if I really want to like put my money where my mouth is and address the inequality. Like I should never be in a position of power again. Like I should only promote Mm -hmm. people that haven't had the opportunities that I had. And then I was like, well, fuck. I was like, so then I just like go like, so should I just like go fucking 
fuck off to an island somewhere? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, should I just go live in the woods mm-hmm. and not and just not bother anybody? And and then again, I think you can get bogged down. There's so many places where so you can just complex. get sit down in that and just feel defeated. Yep. And where and and it's like and then I move past. It's like no, you can. I can take the privilege I have and not become the this the white savior. Yeah, because that's this. a thing too. <laughs> totally. Like, <laughs> let me come in and tell yeah. you all how yeah. to get to where yeah. I've gotten. And it's like, but but instead advocate for other people fucking do as much good in the world as i can try my best to put out good things but while holding that always holding it's almost like a little fire in my heart of the recognition of what i've benefited from and what and what other people don't have and what you know what i mean and listen and yeah and listening to other people and not like have that immediate response like but i do this but i no no i'm a i'm the good one i'm a good Mm one you know what i mean and like because again, that's a way, I mean, dude, that's a way for me to like get rid of my, like, it's like the answer, I feel like a part of the answer is to feel guilty. Like mm-hmm. not to feel guilty. Cause that's to people hear that and they're like, fuck that white guilt, da, 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 that's stupid. So maybe that doesn't make sense. So much of the work I, I do in my own life and I try to help other people do mm-hmm. is not how to avoid pain. It's to no. sit in pain. And lean into And that. lean into it. That's like the if freedom. something's you know, like that's and and that's where you're that's when you become untouchable. Yep. When you can when you have the ability to not run away from pain, because mm-hmm. you can do that in a million ways, right? Yep. Like you and I did drugs, drank, all that, but you can do that by working all the time. You can do that by just turning a blind eye to things. You Eating can do Oreos. that fucking <laughs> eat uh, fucking sleeve after sleeve of Oreos, watching TV. Like you can do all that shit. <laughs> and it's just simply, it's to avoid discomfort. Yeah. You know, like I, I have people who are like, no, it's just boredom. I, I just am bored if I don't. I'm <sighs> like, yeah, boredom's uncomfortable. Exactly. Boredom is discomfort. Yep. Boredom is anxiety yep. that I'm not doing something else or I'm not yeah. better my life isn't where it should be my life you know I'm sitting still <laughs> I'm sitting still and then you have these bigger issue discomforts mm-hmm. of like uh, no I'm one of the good ones what do you mean I benefit I, I've always uh, you know my family was very liberal and, and you see that you hear that land as soon as I hear a white person say that I'm like oh you are so uncomfortable right now what's going on talk to me talk to me because there is some shit under yeah. there what, oh, yeah. what's really going on yeah yeah because it's like because I want to I want to remove the pain yeah. of feeling like I hurt someone else mm-hmm. right because inherently I, I truly believe oh wait not even that you directly hurt somebody you benefit from the, pain the hurt yeah I, 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 the system that benefits me mm-hmm. hurts someone else. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it's like, I, I believe, cause I've seen, I've seen a lot of spectrum of people of, mm-hmm. of the way and people who've acted certain ways and done things. And I believe from seeing the worst in human beings, I believe uh, I came away with the belief that inherently human beings want to connect and grow and do good. Yeah. What, what they view as good. And so, so much of this stuff that people do, I think is to make themselves feel like they're not, that they're not doing, they're not hurting people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, or to make it okay in their mind. I won't tell that story because I don't want to out a friend who told me. But, mm-hmm. but like, you know, you hear someone defending something that seems so clearly like 
it's like, how are you defending? Whether it be climate change or this guy, it's like, if you boil it down, you can find how the person is defending something that feels like they're doing good. Yeah. Right? Like, I was talking the other day because I was thinking about these these kind of things and with all the, the abortion stuff that's going mm-hmm. on, right? And and I was talking with my coworkers and they're and we're and I'm pro choice, I am, but I was saying the people who are on the, the the real believers that are on the other side of this, right? They're not saying we hate women. That's not their belief. Their belief is you're committing murder. That is murder. Mm-hmm. And like, cause to me, my whole thing is like, Hey, look, bl- I, I, like I've become much more like with religion. I'm like, believe whatever makes you feel good in the world. Like makes you feel safe, makes you feel comfortable. Just don't, you know, don't hurt anybody. Don't put it on anybody else. Let it, you know, like I wish that part of my, many religions could go away. Like yeah, don't, have their own don't spread the word. Don't, yeah. don't put your ideals. But if somebody told me, because if you play that logic out and somebody said to me, they say like, okay, so why is murder illegal? Maybe you don't believe in murder, but someone else might think murder is okay. And you know someone is going to troll you. Of course. Of course. And it's like, and and I can play that logic out in my head because I can play. And I'm like, okay, so we all agree that murder is one of those things that's not okay. All of us agree that, right? Like, I've never met anyone who's like, I think we should legalize murder. Yeah. Yet. I have to be able to recognize that 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 person, the real believer, the the pro life believer, believes that we have legal murder, right? Mm-hmm. So, ha- and to them, that is not doing putting good and growth and connection into the world. That's darkness and destruction. So, where how do I how do I meet that person as a human being and meet them at a level where we can somehow move forward, right? I, I don't have the answer to that. Me either. I don't have the answer. But the exercise of seeing them as a as not someone who hates women, and I'm not saying nobody who is in this in the midst of this debate doesn't have issues with feminism and women and all. I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about those true believe like. But seeing them as a person who fundamentally believes that that's causing pain, oof, that's a tough one, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I don't know, <laughs> I bring that up, it's not very helpful, but again, it's that exercise of taking a person, looking at a person who I fundamentally disagree with, but seeing that they are somewhere inside them inherently good. They 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 want to feel safe, they want their loved ones to, feel, to be safe, they want, you know, the world to be okay, right? And that just gets so twisted and so convoluted in ways you know in people's minds it gets really complex and so it i think that like like you were saying that listening and that sitting and like and that good faith sitting down with good faith is that like i don't sit down when i disagree with you thinking you're a piece of shit with an agenda against me yeah let me come back in five minutes when i'm calm <laughs> my head is clear and yeah i can actually hear what yeah. you're saying yeah and i always ask people <clears throat> When I'm talking to somebody or like my clients or whatever, I'm like, what did you hear me say? Mm. You know? Yeah. What did you hear me say? Yeah. And I make them repeat it back to me. That's because right. it's like, I can, you could say something to me and I'll, it will trigger something in mm. me, you know? And it'll be like, my dad said something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, my yeah, dad yeah. talked to me in a tone, you know? Yeah. And I'll hear something else just because of your tone. Yeah. You know? So I make sure to be like, what did you hear me say? That way we're on the same page. And 
you heard correctly what I'm saying. To yeah, you. what I'm Even, expressing exactly. is being heard in the way. And it's funny too because I'll see that I'll see that in my work where we'll we'll be have a session or something. We'll be talking and and I'll think like I'll think I I was we were working on one point or mm-hmm. one something, and then a week later, a couple of weeks later, something the person will be like, oh, and you know you said this thing or we discussed this thing and. I really found that useful for da da da, and it's like something totally different than what I was talking about. And I'm like, oh, it's just so clear how everything goes through the filter of our experience yes. and our and our feelings about ourselves and our resentments yes. and our passions and our fears. And so, like, because if we did a whole fourth step, not to say that so, this so is for like, everyone who doesn't know what a fourth step, a fourth step is in a a certain program, yeah, it's you basically write down a list. It's more complicated than this, but put it simply, you you write a list of every person, entity, idea, institution that you resent or have mm-hmm. anger towards or anything, and then you kind of say what they did and why and what it affected. And then the final part of it is you say what was my part in yeah. it, yeah, and that's really where like you learn a lot and so sitting down like i I fully agree like if everyone could sit down and see you know if like you're if you're angry at the end of the day and you sat down you wrote down who you're angry at what or what's happening and then you got to that last column there's so much more freedom in there than Mm -hmm. just stewing in the cycle of anger and anger and anger and then after and this is just me hypothetical Mm -hmm. after we got rid of that pain however long it took Mm-hmm. Both sides, everybody, you know, not just white people, black people, <laughs> uh, people of color, everybody, gay, straight, trans, you know, everybody do a fourth step, right? Then we could have like a collective conversation, you know, because mm-hmm. after I did my fourth step on my dad, then I can look through a different lens, not through Mike's lens that's hurt and mm-hmm. angry and like he wasn't there. He never told me he loved me. You know, then I can look through the lens of like, oh shit, my dad really was doing the best he could. Mm. My dad didn't have a dad. Yeah. So how am I gonna have expectations of him telling me he loved me? Yeah. You know? My dad had me when he was twenty twenty three, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's a kid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like imagine me. I got sober when I was 22. If I had a kid when I was 22, I'd be <laughs> lost right now. I wouldn't yeah. know what to do. Still, yeah. I'm 31. If I had a kid, I'd be like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's what I mean by, like, after doing that and clearing away all of that, like, pain and trauma and anger and frustration and, you know, expectations and all of that, then it allows us to have an open conversation where we can listen, you know? Yeah. And, and even then, you know, they, they might not happen. You know? Yeah, like exactly. That yeah. doesn't mean that doesn't guarantee that we're gonna have a conversation. It just maybe, you know. Yeah, but it it gets you to that place that uh where you can start from like a clean slate. Yeah. Because I mean inventory you know, any amount of inventory where you're looking at yourself where mm-hmm. like it's a chart where I can do better. Yeah. Or like where I'm not where I can do better, but like where I can improve, you know, it benefits. Yeah. Like where if I can create, if I can make myself sort of like a vessel, create a space yes. better for people to like, to actually have 
for me to hear people, for people to feel heard, for me to express myself, if I can take away some of those filters of mm-hmm. fear and anger and negative experiences from the past, because then I can communicate more honestly and I can listen more honestly. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and uh, I want to get a seltzer and uh, we'll, we'll come back a little more. I love it. <laughs> I wish we could get that. That's, that's the real money. blow up. <laughs> that would be, yeah. They would probably wish we had a uh, social media or <laughs> all of that. <laughs> all right, all right. Welcome back to Walls Down. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. We're here on our last, our, our farewell episode. Our Barry White voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I told Mike that I realized I was recording my voice much quieter in that first half so i hope well we'll see if i can fix that with my skilled post i believe you yeah um but um yeah i mean i kind of want to just jump back into kind of what we're i guess my question for you is like what are some of your takeaways whether you know kind of just in the last year but like from doing the podcast or just having this experience well one i'm grateful i met you because Same. same Like, our friendship has grown. Um, You've helped me a lot through, you know, experiences in New York and just really getting getting the opportunity to get to know you on a deeper level um, and watch you be vulnerable and and be willing to listen and be willing to move through discomfort and, and learn. And, you know, this overall experience with the podcast has allowed me to look at my my own you know, privilege being a six foot four mm. black man, uh, cis. I didn't even know what the word cis was, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I didn't know that, uh, me being this man, uh, allowed me certain privilege, you know? I thought it was like, oh, I'm black. Like, what do you mean I have privilege? Mm. You know? Like, I don't have privilege. Like, if I walk down the street and walk next to a cop, like, I'm looking the other way. And that yeah. is true. But, yo, I'm able-bodied. I didn't know what able-bodied meant. Yeah. You know? Uh, I didn't know that, um, you know, just from how I was raised and, you know, the sort of media I looked at and exposed myself to uh, sort of train my thinking you know, even after getting sober, I still had this sort of thinking of, yo, this is how it's got to be, you know? Yeah. And what this podcast allowed me to do was listen to other pe- other people's experience. And a lot of the reason why I was like quiet was because I got to just listen mm. and just learn from other people's experiences. Yeah. So for me, it was it was one of the reasons why I wanted to do it was to hear stories and also learn and also see how I could relate to stories and just connect on that deeper level of like, Oh shit, you went through that too. Or you didn't go through that. I didn't have that experience, but Hey, we're all just trying to evolve and learn and share stories. Um, and yo, it, it really showed me that like, you know, I can have a dream and, take baby steps and make it a reality Mm -hmm. because like i didn't move to new york thinking like oh i'm gonna meet this dope dude from oklahoma and we're gonna start a podcast but because i moved to new york and was willing to get out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. i got to start a podcast 
you know yeah and it didn't fucking blow up and 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 that wasn't the intention yeah. but like it's cool that like five years from now when we're talking and we're like oh shit remember when we did that podcast yeah, when we were yeah, living yeah. in new york and we can like go on to the podcast and show people yeah. you know and have them listen like oh yeah this is you know we did this podcast like if you want to check it out you know yeah. it's there you could check it out and to me that's like so dope like wow like we you know sat down it was a little idea and now it evolved we took pictures we were walking down the street yeah, yeah. you know we sat on stoops you know we 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 met up and like listened to different music and we were cutting editing it and uh-huh. you know we we asked people to come and sit down with us and people were receptive to it they weren't like nah we don't want to talk about masculinity yeah, yeah. they were like yeah sure okay cool yeah you know everybody that i you know told about this was you know excited about it yeah. you know um so overall it was an amazing experience and and what it showed me is that yeah, you can make things happen if you're willing to just do the little necessary action. Yeah. You know, like baby steps. It doesn't need to go from like me sitting with you to like boom, podcast uh-huh. we're recording. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was like little baby steps and we never got deterred or like, nah, we're not gonna do it. We held each other accountable. Yeah. We checked in every week or sometimes every day. And uh yeah, it was just a dope overall experience. And this is why one of the many reasons why I moved to New York is to to have, you know, these experiences where I can look back, whether I move to move back to L.A. or move mm-hmm. somewhere else, I can look back and be like, damn, that was dope. I did that. Like, yeah. wow, that was cool. Like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. You know? So I'm internally grateful for this experience. I think it's definitely helped me in the way I look at the world overall. And how me, a cis man, or or, or an identify a man that I or how does it go? Uh, male identifying. Yeah. Uh, okay. You identify um, as see, man. I'm still learning. Still, um, yeah. I'm still learning. Uh, how I can just be of service, you know. And what I mean by that is like how I can just listen and not be scared to make a mistake or say the wrong thing, you know. Yeah, I think that's um, huge. And have humility, like, yo, I don't know that, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know that. And and since moving to New York, I've learned a lot of shit that I didn't know. Like, when I was in L.A., I just watched football and, you know, hung out with my boys and talked shit. And, like, that was it. That yeah. was my life. Yeah. And it's it's not L.A., but that's where I was in my growth. Yeah. And since moving to New York, like, one of my best friends is gay, yeah. you know? And he is loud, flamboyant, but that is my boy. And what I've, the opportunity and why I bring that up is like, that wasn't me, mm-hmm. you know, growing up. That was not me, even in my sobriety. And, you know, since moving to New York and being around him, I've gotten the opportunity to look at myself and my preconceived notions, my own internal judgment on like homophobia and like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, and he'll walk around in the skirt and I'm like, yo, this is my, my, my best friend i do not care and i had to do the work the internal work to look at that Mm -hmm. and i'm grateful for that and uh it's only because like one moving to new york doing this podcast has forced me to look at my own masculinity and what i view as masculine yeah i get my nails done you know yeah and i get the clear polish on it and i'm not you know my one of my good friends 
he's like, yo, you got your nails done and you got the polish. And I'll say it like, yeah, I got the polish. Like, yeah. Because I like it. Yeah. You know? And what I view masculine and how I, you know, can sit with that and be comfortable and yeah. confident in who I am. So, yeah, man, I'm grateful for this experience overall. I love it. Yeah. And I love you, too. I love you, too, man. And I, I love, I, I really do, because so much of what you're saying is similarly, like, I remember when we met and I was like, I had been kind of in this thing of like, this feeling of like, okay, like I want, I want to do something. I want to do something a little more. Like I like what I'm doing, but I want to do more. I want to do more. And it was like, you came in and you, it was like, we met at that moment where both of us were feeling that. Like Mm -hmm. both of us were like. And the James Baldwin book we were both reading. That was wild. I was like, oh shit, that's a God shot. That was, yeah, that was (laughs) (laughs) the sign. But I remember being so nervous because I was like, what if, what if like I say the wrong thing or Mm -hmm. like, what if this guy doesn't like me or what if this guy, you know what I mean? Like not even like, doesn't like me, but like, what if I like try to get real and I'm like, I come off wrong or, and then this, what this experience really was, was like, a practice in not coming off right. It was a practice in being okay with coming off wrong, Yep. you know, and like, <clears throat> and like being okay. Like, cause even like, as we would do the show, I would catch myself being like, Oh shit. Did I like say that wrong thing? Like if we had a guest or something and I'd be like, Oh, did I ask that the wrong way? And I would like, when we first started doing it, I would like listen to the episodes before they were out. And I was like, maybe we want to like edit stuff out if we like said, but then I mean, one, just life being busy, but two, I would just chop them together and throw them out. Probably the last 10 episodes, I was just like, you know what, what we said was what we said. What was her, you know what I mean? Like the whole idea is that it's to come with your truth and it wasn't to like, excuse me, to like sound right or sound mm-hmm. like the expert or sound like again like the most knowledgeable the most woke the most whatever it's like to really to you know ask those questions and stuff and like i remember a couple times being we would be like off like between segments we'd be like oh can we ask and we're like oh fuck you gotta ask that on mm-hmm. on the show like yeah. you gotta ask those questions you gotta you gotta show yeah that you don't know yeah. you know because hopefully people listening are like maybe feel a little more comfortable to not know but yeah. to ask yeah not to just not know and then avoid yeah like i don't want to oh i don't want to ask that because maybe they'll think i'm racist or they'll yeah. think i'm you know homophobic or something um but then you get to like because you don't learn right like i love what you said like sitting we had these special moments with all these people that we yeah. interviewed you know and like some of them i still see every now and then and some of them some of them you know are my family and my dear friends or yeah. whatever but some of them i see like richie i see mm-hmm. i saw richie the other day and i don't even think he like i like waved and at first i don't even think he knew who i was and but it was like that moment we had when we were interviewing it's like it's really special moment yeah. you know like this and to spend time with people like that where people i think we you and i do a really good job of like creating a space for people to feel comfortable yep. and having that where people got to kind of bear their souls a little bit. I agree. It's like, it, it, yeah, it didn't become some big podcast, but also, yeah, it, we quickly realized that's not what we were mm-hmm. doing it for. You yeah. know, we weren't doing it. It's funny. Everyone like 
gives not a lot of people gave us a hard time because we did like no social media we did, and you've got to do i mean if you want your thing to like blow up you got to have yeah. like an instagram account and a twitter mm-hmm. and you got to be like pushing and like hey new episode and yeah. we just did none, no, of, none that. of that and and i think we i i know for myself it's like i realized it was kind of just for me mm-hmm. like this Same. this whole experience was just for me yep and we just happened to be recording it yep. you know what i yeah. mean like we happened because it was like each interview it's funny a lot of the interviews interviews i'd be like wow we'd have a lot of different people granted you know we had most everyone would identify probably as liberal or like progressive or whatever but that being said you know, a lot of different experiences and people. And a lot of times I'd be like, wow, it's actually like there's a lot of universal experiences. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of us were getting these same messages and having these same responses to them. And that doesn't mean that we, again, that's uh, the experiences we had are the right ones or whatever. But like that was kind of like interesting. But then also I'd hear things like you said and I'd be like, wow, like I, I didn't have that experience and I never thought of that and I never had you know like i didn't have to feel that and to hear someone talk about it and not have to go like well but didn't you but it was okay because or like you know like to just hear it yeah it really taught me a lot about myself and how i operate in the world and like how i hope to continue to move forward operating in the world you know and like what you said about just like making something happen Mm -hmm. now it's like now that i'm moving Dude, I'm in such a different place. When I like moved here, I was like, yeah, when I was in LA, I would like go to work, <laughs> hang out with my girlfriend and watch TV and movies. <laughs> like that was all I would do basically. And after coming here, moving to Oklahoma, I'm not, I'm moving to Oklahoma because I want to do, I'm like, I'm, I want to like set up a nonprofit. I want to like do it. I'm going to start another podcast. I want to do like this. Like I want to like meet with these people. Like, I like set up like, cause I've been visiting a couple times before I moved there and I've like set up meetings with these like people that run these things. And I'm like, I want to, you know, because I see like, and I think you, you helped me. I always joke that you were kind of like the engine behind all of mm-hmm. it. And that like, that helped me. It's like, you want to do it? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Like yeah. go do it. And you know, and so I'm so grateful for that to now these things that just seem so because I always thought that about myself, like, oh, I'm a person who, like, have an idea, but I just, like, don't, it usually just dies there. Like, yeah. it's an idea, and I just, whatever, I I watch Game of Thrones and yeah. move on, you know what I mean? Like, By the way. I can't, eat, I don't even want to talk. Motherfuckers. I, well, and I'm not even, <laughs> real quick, I will oh, say. those motherfuckers. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the podcast. This season, for me, I felt like was ruined. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. it. was ruined because I had to fucking talk about it with everyone I knew. Everyone. Every episode. Every, everyone. And, and I don't mean that to like harsh against anyone who, because I, like, I, no one bothered me that I was talking to. It was just every every person at work, every friend, like. Everyone. Every, I had to talk about it, pick apart every, and I was just like, it was like, it wasn't even fun. Like, I didn't even enjoy, I mean, and there's other, obviously there's like, I think they rushed it and they should have, blah, 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 who cares? But like. Anyway, that's uh, that's for another podcast. That's a different podcast. I will meet next Saturday with you to fucking <laughs> dissect that shit, unpack. But, yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, this experience, like you know, you were talking about listening, and I know I talked a lot on the podcast, and I know, but like all good, but it, 
it, I hope my goal was always in service of helping the person to kind of bring their thoughts out and to like bring their ideas. It wasn't like, let me put my agenda here. And that's just a new, that's a, that's a, granted my work is sort of like that, but in life, that's not necessarily always the way I go into things or I used to go into things. I think, and then this is just my opinion. Yo, you're tr- like, I ask questions, right? You were mm-hmm. trained to ask specific questions. And I know one of my strengths is listening. Yeah. Like I listen and I m- make sure to make eye contact. I don't get uncomfortable when I make eye contact yeah. with people. So I think the 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 combination of you yeah. asking specific questions that got them to yeah. open up and me listening hmm. like intently and actively listening made for a good dynamic yeah. for the person when they came. Yeah. No, I mean, so like, I agree. It was perfect. For me, it was perfect because I got the opportunity to do what I do best yeah. and you got the opportunity to do what you do best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always say it's like I, I have a two-year degree basically in asking questions. Exactly. So, exactly. But, and I, I, I think you said it so right, like the balance of those two things perfect. because so many people we had on either like midway through or like after they did it, they'd be like, wow, I didn't realize I was going to like feel that comfortable to talk and like to be open. And I think hopefully that was the idea. And, and hopefully that's, you know, the takeaway for anyone who's listening is like to have those kind of, to, to approach things in that way to like, like to me, the idea was always your, someone's experience Mm -hmm. can't be wrong. Exactly. Right. Like, all someone's doing, I'm asking you, what was your experience? I'm not asking you, what's the truth? I wasn't asking people, what what's the ultimate reality? I was asking, what's your experience? And then just letting that be. And so, like, if you can do that, like, that's to me is, like, how you come together as mm-hmm. people. Is like, I to not tell you your experience as a black man is mm-hmm. wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my experience might be different. Yep. And maybe we can learn from each other. Hopefully we can learn from each other's experiences or one of, you know, or whatever. But I can't, I, I don't have to, you know, and, and like, I think we were talking about in the first segment is like all those reasons why you want to tell you you're wrong. Like, I don't want to tell you you're wrong because I, there's like a scoreboard. I want to tell you I'm wrong because it makes me uncomfortable yeah. or because I don't like it says something about me. If your experience is what you say it is, and then that says something about me. And so it's like all those things. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. Um, I heard this, uh, in this certification that I was trying to get, the woman says when she's talking to her client, she says, they're the expert at their life. I'm the expert at my life. And when I heard that, I was like, Oh shit, that's so true. Even if I think what they're doing is, jeopardizing their life they're mm-hmm. still the expert of yeah. their life and their experience and i'm like whoa okay that takes off yeah. all the control yeah literally yeah you don't have to be the expert in everybody's life and that's so much pressure i don't want that pressure <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> like, i don't want to have all the answers yeah yeah because i don't is. it's yeah. so much pressure if you really think yeah. about it like yo i'm supposed to have answers for your life and your experience yeah come on though. how <laughs> you know yeah um, well, so I just thought of this and I'm, I'm uh, put you on the spot a little bit and put Please. myself on the spot. <clears throat> what, can you think of some like favorite moments from the pot from doing this or like, I don't want to say like fav- best interview or best or anything, but can you think of any? Yeah, for sure. Mark, 
Mark, when he talked about growing up and how he was, uh, I don't know if it was ballet or tap dance. Yeah, I think he did tap. He yeah. did a lot of dance, but yeah. And his dad was like this like masculine man. But like he would still let Mark be him. Yeah. And be free and yeah. be tap dancing and, and not try to control him. And I was like, wow, that was like not my experience, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, Jim being a football player. Yep. Yeah. And having to live that double life, you know, being gay, but yeah. also being at a D1 football college. Yeah. And taking out or take was it taking off his glasses or his contacts? So he wouldn't see the guys in the locker room. Oh, yeah. When he said that, yeah. I was like, my mind just like exploded. Like yeah, yeah. The, the, the level to which he had to hide who he really was mm -hmm. out of fear and protection. And um, like to me, that was just like, whoa. And then uh, Lauren, mm. you know, being vulnerable as a woman. You know, yeah. it, and being vulnerable and being honest in front of two men, telling her, telling us, yo, masculinity has sort of shaped how I act as a woman, yeah. you know, because it's so strong and so dominant that like, I sort of have to shift how I think like, yeah. and that's what really, was that thunder? I don't know what that was. Somebody moving some furniture upstairs. Oh, I was like, it better not. Really. I don't <laughs> it have looks pretty problem. nice outside. <laughs> I was like, hold up, it's not stirring. Um, yeah, but like, that's when I like sort of, not sort of realized, but like I did have a realization like, oh shit, I do have power. And like, you know, I get, I benefit from being a man, mm. you know? Yeah. So, you know, there was, those are, those are the three off the top of my head. What yeah. about you? Um, the first one that comes to mind, I think, was uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, Max, Max yes. Power. Yeah. Uh, no, Max Pleasure. Yes. Max Powers from The Simpsons. Yeah. Max Pleasure, because it was such an interesting, his experience, like, on both sides of it and yeah. telling it so, like, fluidly, because, like, that's something I think is a big takeaway for me. And I think this makes kind of weird people out when I tell them, or maybe it doesn't, I don't know. But, like, the more I explore this, the more I realize how fluid all of it is. Like mm -hmm. the more I explore, like I actually was interviewed recently in this, in this. Look at you. For that book I told you about. Oh yeah. It was cool. It was really cool. But about what like makes you feel masculine and how do you define. And I was like, it was that the more I've spent like time dedicated to exploring that, mm -hmm. the less of an answer I have because all my answers, I'm like, like the stereotypical answers are like, no, that's something I learned. That's not actually when I feel like a man, that's something like, like a stereotype that doesn't really. And then like, so all my answers become like things that make me feel like a, a loving connected human. Right. And like there are things that a woman could say, make her feel feminine. Um, and, and Max is just her, his whole experience kind of helped and, also talking about Kristen Stewart and how much Kristen Stewart meant to him. I, that was funny because I always hated Kristen Stewart. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> is this why? That was um, Eddie, having Eddie on Yo. because Eddie was like, I could just sit and listen to Eddie tell he's me. Like he's like a fucking encyclopedia. So, um, so I had this idea like when I start making more money uh, that I want to pay Eddie to like 
be like a history teacher. Like I would gladly pay. You'd just him. like come over and give talks, or, and or like, like go meet up with him. Yeah, and and, and yo, like I want to treat this like school. Yeah, like I'm gonna pay you oh. to like help me like learn about some shit. I was talking to we were talking to Eddie after, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I said something. I was like, so interesting. You have so much to say. I was like, do you have any like recommendations, things I should look at? He was like, I'll send you a Google Doc, and it's like, <laughs> and he was dead ass. It was like a full Google Doc of just like things he had put together of like of like a it was like a, a reading list of in. I was like, oh fuck, all right, <laughs> not playing. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, it was interesting. Like talking with some of the people who like my brother and Mark, people who I'm really close with, but hearing them tell it through this lens, you know, it was, it's like, I got to know people mm-hmm. I knew. I, I knew so well, I got to know them on a totally different level. Yeah. Um, also, I think some of my favorite moments were the episodes with just you and I, especially yeah. kind of some of the early ones. I think back on like when we came up with the questions and we did that episode, it was just you and I going back and forth with the questions. Because yeah. again, it was like someone I knew, but I got to know on this like deeper level. Yeah. And there's something about the like openness we have between each other that just like made me feel more comfortable, but made me feel like it was like, I could like feel the weight of how like deeply we're getting to know each mm-hmm. other. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean like all the, like I can think I'm just like picturing all the different, like interviewing Eliza, interviewing Ellen, like, like even Jeffrey last night I did who I'm like getting to know a lot more now. And like, like, you know, I talk to Ross, Ross pretty often now and like Ross is just like like someone who is just so just like radiating their own truth and yeah. their own like and I love like it's like he inspires me to be more myself like to be more comfortable being myself I'm so glad I wasn't here for that interview <laughs> yeah only because like he's one of my best friends and uh-huh. I see him all the time and we talk every single day but uh I feel like he got an opportunity without me being here to like express himself yeah. more without me saying like <laughs> <laughs> giving him like wait what <laughs> tell yeah, the whole yeah, story yeah. <laughs> you know um yeah well okay well so god how poetic our batteries are about to die well I just want to but we got a little time you guys have been on this journey with me as far as like going and applying to Columbia I didn't get into Columbia but it was. What I've learned from not getting into Columbia uh, is, one, I didn't really want to go to school. (laughs) The joke's on me. Not the joke's on me. That's funny because I I was like, I think he wanted to go to Columbia. I think you wanted to go to Columbia. I don't think you wanted to go back to school because you you didn't apply to like 10 schools. No, I just applied to Columbia. You applied to Columbia. That's it. I I actually do want to go to Columbia in Cartagena. (laughs) I do. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, after your, well, talk to that this guy. This is this is the truth. I wanted to go to Columbia, get accepted, and then the next day graduate. And then actually, that, that's to what do. I mean. I oh, mean, right. like you wanted to go to Columbia University. Yes. You wanted to have gone to, to Columbia. Columbia University. Yeah, I wanted to tell people like, oh, I went to Columbia. Yeah, as like, opposed to like going to the classes. Yeah. and paying for school. All and... ego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All ego, and. uh what I realized is like, like I was saying before, is like we committed to an idea and executed that idea. And I took the same sort of mentality and principles and and steps that I took towards this. It was like, oh, just apply. Just do it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and it and it was and, it, and I learned a lot from the experience. It was like, oh shit, I applied to an Ivy League. Yeah. Did I get in? No, but at least I applied to it. You know, and that sat was down. Like, you wrote everything. Yeah, you got the things. You got the transcripts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you were there every step. Like you saw the discomfort of like, oh shit, I gotta write a seven page paper. Mm-hmm. I've never written a seven page paper. <laughs> and and one of the gifts I I got from this experience of applying is like realizing how much I actually enjoy and love reading. Because yeah. I had this misbelief that like, well, I don't read fast enough. Yeah, yeah. I can't retain the information. Um, and that was one of the takeaways was like, oh, shit, I actually do really enjoy reading. Yeah. And and I'm still reading. Yeah. And it's, and it's actually fun. And I don't have to go to school to learn. I can ask people like you or, or Eddie or this woman I met who's a writer who's hmm. going to help me get better at writing. Um, and just ask those questions and sort of have that humility of like, okay, this is what I want to get better at. And this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So it was good. I love it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I just, I, I want to thank everybody who like supported us. Yeah. Who everybody who like encouraged us. Yeah. Because like, similarly, like you said before, anytime I talk to someone, they're like, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like helped me to kind of stay committed to it. Um, I want to thank everybody that came on the show and yes. like spared their soul and yes, got real. Um, and yeah, man, I want to thank you most of all for being, for, I mean, I'm so glad I got to meet you and, and, uh, you know, to start having you in my life like this, yes. what a way to do it and to have it. Yeah. Like for anything else, for nothing else, we have these recordings. Yes. Um, yeah, man. I I really like doing this. I love spending time with you. I love you, man. I love you too. And I, yo, I want to get invited to to one of your family Christmases because they sound <laughs> oh the Thanksgivings. No, is it the Thanksgiving where there's where like it's forty like, people and it's like a bunch of tables? It's one. They put like one, one table on one table. Yeah. Yo, you I want to come anytime you want. Yes. And then I soon because I'm moving to Oklahoma, I will yes. own a. I'll have a house with a guest room. You yes. can come. This isn't New York. I can, I will. Yes. You can stay with us and make a trip of it i'll show you everything yes. i think my family would love that because they I'm talk there. about you all the time i'm there um yeah everybody i mean yeah it's the last time but uh we're gonna kind of i'm gonna kind of treat keep trying to do what we've been doing here and have these conversations nice i hope other people do too nice all right love you guys love you guys bye, bye. Oh.